Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colacott, with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind Podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. How's it going, everybody? TJ Sutherland here, reunited once again with the invincible Imran Mirza. Hello. And the delectable Dan Colacott. Good evening. Today, that was rather sexy, actually. That was rather delectable. Um, today, we I, will... We had be... different experiences of that. <laughs> was that a little bit creepy for you, that one? Uh, mm. So, to, oh God, now it's creepy. Yeah, you ruined it. Um, today, we will be venturing back into the world of professional wrestling. Um, specifically AEW, who, um, as you may have heard, set the paid attendance record at All In last weekend at Wembley Stadium. Uh, and I was one of the lucky 81,000 and something uh, SOBs uh, who were in attendance. Um, alas, my cohorts, uh, Imran and Dan, are cheap motherfuckers. So they weren't there. Um, and they just uh, watched it on pay-per-view. So we thought it'd be a cool idea if we kind of looked at it from the live uh, perspective uh, versus the pay-per-view perspective. Um, and also we're going to touch upon uh, kind of recent events in AEW. Um, obviously, it's, it's been a big news weekend with the firing of CM Punk. Um, All Out is uh, also tonight, actually, now I think about it, um, as we record this. Um, and also, I believe uh, there's going to be some questions about the Q&A that I attended uh, for, uh, with um, uh, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, which I'm going to have to dig into the memory banks a bit for that one to remember exactly what happened. But, uh, but yeah, um, so how are we doing? It's been a minute. Uh, since I recorded with you guys, how are you guys doing? Well, yes, I've been super excited about today. It's been it's been a while since the three of us sat down. Our uh, kind of connected over our virtual podcast table, so I've been super excited about this. But it's also been ages since we've actually had a wrestling conversation, like in in you know with uh, without uh, our WhatsApp groups, uh, you know, mm. like not really being able to vent everything so uh, i I've, I've taken tomorrow off work because i think this is going to go long so oh, uh, <laughs> no but i'm su- i'm super excited about reconnecting with uh, you guys because it, it has been a long time and uh yeah this is this is awesome I'm, I'm i'm super psyched do you think we can go uh as long as all in went good like four hours <laughs> I, I probably could. I'm. I've got so much to rant about. Just to just well to say, there was a. You mentioned the attendance record. So there was a eighty-one thousand. Apparently, Wikipedia said there were eighty-one thousand and thirty-five people. By midway, there was about eighty-one thousand and thirty-three people. And it's what happened to those two AEW wrestlers that will I think will take up a huge bulk of our conversation today in yeah. CM Punk and. Um, I think they, they tried to say something like there was. Um, 90,000 plus in the actual stadium, but that also included like staff and whatnot. I'm like, how can you include staff in that? Like, they're paid to be there, dude. Yeah, that like, I'm right. not quite sure. I'm not quite sure that carries much weight, but um, but yeah, incredible that they, that they set that record um, mm. for an event where they didn't really announce a solid lineup until quite late in the day. So, yeah, I and mean, that's actually a really good point. A good, what well, a good starting point, if I may. I mean, having a 
a ticket and then having so few matches announced in the run up to it, were you phased or did you have complete faith that they were just going to be put on a great show regardless? Yeah, I think, I think luckily AEW to date from my memory, haven't really had a poor pay-per-view in terms of match card, match quality, that sort of thing. So even, I mean, to be fair, when it got to like a week out and we didn't still know what half of the matches are going to be, it was a bit like, okay, I'm not being funny, but can you at least let me know some of mm. what I'm going to see on the day? But um, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of things in it in terms of, you know, the the track record for pay-per-view has been really solid. It was their first, um, you know, European show. Um, just being there for that spectacle. I mean, even if the match card had been, you know, a bunch of jobbers, Orange Cassidy, Dark Order, blah, blah, whatever. I think there was an element of the excitement for a new wrestling promotion, a new big wrestling promotion to be at that venue on that sort of, that sort of the size of that kind of platform as well. I think that um, that massively sold it in for me. And I also think that people hugely underestimated the the market that um, an AEW has in um, Europe. Because I think, especially in the early days when I was listening to, you know, a lot of the wrestling community and that sort of stuff, people were predicting, you know, maybe 40, 50,000, maybe 60 at push. Um, but I genuinely thought there's a there's a good chance they'd get quite close to the the full attendance of Wembley, simply because they weren't just pulling from UK, but they were pulling from France, from Germany, from Spain, from Netherlands, mm-hmm. from you know all across Europe, and and that bore out when I went to sorry skipping forward to the Q and A. They um, at the start of it they said you know how many people are here from that aren't from England, and it was a good you know nearly fifty fifty split of in fact, I, I think it was more people that weren't uh, from England in that crowd that than were, and it was you know it was some dude from Australia, which is kind of bonkers. So you know, I can't wow. discount that guy. But um, yeah, the, most of the people that weren't English were you know Italian, Dutch, um, German, French, Spanish. You know, the huge European following. So, and also you know Wembley's easy to get to in terms of international travel that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think, you know, they just set themselves up for, I think people really um, underestimated um, just how popular and where they were going to be drawing their people from as well. So, um, Dan, hello. Hello. <laughs> Me and Imran just like scared straight past you. <laughs> I'm used to it. How are you good, sir? Have you recovered from your, your travels? Um, yeah, just about, um, yeah, jet lag is a bitch, but, um, starting to feel a little bit, uh, more normal in, um, UK waters. It's a bit strange that, um, it's, it's kind of autumn here, you know, it's getting darker. Um, but for some reason there's a heat wave next week. So yeah, it's going to be hit like 27, 30 degrees, like midweek. I was just like, what? What, what the fuck? Anyway, we're not, you know, we shouldn't wear the banter. Let, let's not, let's not be the banter. We're, we're bigger than this. <laughs> let's not be completely British for, for, for once. Yeah, <laughs> let's exactly. not talk about the weather. 
Why, why does every British conversation start with the weather? It's uh, yeah, it's the British dude. Just let let's have it. Yeah, let's, let's live. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so um, yeah, let's let's just do a quick little run through of uh, of the match card. I mean, um, as per a conversation we had just before we started recording, apparently I was the only person that bothered to uh, uh, watch it. Well. To be fair, I was I was in the stadium, so I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> but um, watched the uh, pre-show matches. So um, the pre-show matches uh, were um, the ROH World Tag Team Championship between Adam Cole and MJF, better than you, Bebe, um, versus Aussie Open. Um, and uh, from a live perspective, it was perfect match to kind of kick things off with. You had two of the biggest, hottest names um, in the company kicking things off. Everyone was hype. Um, the, the noise was just absolutely insane. It was, it was a pretty short match as well. Um, I think it only went like um, 12, 15 minutes, something like that. It was, it was quite short, but it didn't, it didn't feel rushed or anything like that. And I think they kind of hit all the, um, all the, the big spots. I mean, they did the MJF got his kangaroo kickoff. Um, and they and eventually won with the the double clothesline, and you know the crowd was, you know, chanting along with everything, and um, yeah, it was just, and I think they also purposely kept it quite short and safe because obviously you had MJF and Adam Cole in the main event as well, so they didn't want to risk anyone getting injured or or whatnot. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was good fun. Um, MJF and Cole uh, won. The, uh, the titles which added more intrigue to the main event um but yeah um really good fun um and yeah good way to kick the show off um have either of you se- seen anything of that match at all or? yeah i didn't i, I kind of I, I caught most of it again i uh, i was having difficulty because i was in a different time zone uh the the irony that the fact that I was in normally what is the correct time zone for wrestling. <laughs> the one time you're out of town and it's actually UK time. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I said to um, our friend Gavin, I was like, hang on, the one time I could actually like watch a pay-per-view live without having to stay up half a night <laughs> is the one time it's actually a UK-based pay-per-view. So... Um, yeah, I've kind of... Sounds like, sounds like a you problem to me, Dan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> just, you just couldn't make this shit up. But I, I did see some of that um, match. It, it it was a lot of fun. The the only thing I think is it, it's very hard to... Well, you, you kind of knew that for the, you know, for the whole thing to kind of pan out as you knew it would... Uh, you knew that Cole um, and MJF were going to win. I pretty, you know, mm. I, I was quite nailed on. And I also think um, there wasn't any build up to it. To you know, there was very little uh, substance to the feud between between them and Aussie Open. It was just kind of a, a vehicle to get them uh, holding the belt so that you know, for that main event, for the, for their story. So I kind of felt a little bit sorry for Aussie Open, but um, yeah, it was still pretty cool. In in some ways you could kind of say that for quite a few of the matches, like it was weird. I, I think I mentioned to you guys 
um, before, like a lot of the build for a lot of the matches in All In, in the, the, the two Dynamites prior to All In felt like they did about six months worth of build in two <laughs> shows. It was yeah. like, yeah. especially that last one, it was just like promo, promo, boom, 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 like all this shit's going on. Like we didn't have a solid card at like, about four weeks, well, maybe three weeks out from All In. Okay, but, but coming back a second, just just expanding on that point, if I may, why is that? Like, I don't understand. As you, as you said, TJ, there's not really been a bad AEW um, pay-per-view ever. I mean, they've always been pretty solid cards. There's always been pretty solid build-up. Now, I appreciate that the uh, enormity of this event probably caused issues maybe did it was it just harder for them to work out how oh no what, what do you think both of you I, I, yeah i mean personally i have no idea like it's not like yeah i, I it, it kind of boggled because I, I remember in, in the weeks heading heading up to um all in and every week because I, I listen to um wrestling observers podcast and stuff like that and every week they 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 kept on commenting saying I'm, I'm not quite sure. Like, where's the build for all in? Like, why have we? Are we why have we not got any matches being announced? Like, what what's going on? And I don't know. It's it's baffling to me why he did it that way because it felt like it didn't. Like, all out is this week is this weekend, and you had all in last weekend, which is another thing that breaks my brain a little bit. But I can kind of understand why we've not heard about any of the matches for All Out until literally like Collision, Rampage and Dynamite this week because you wanted to get all all in out of the way before, you know, you announce stuff for All Out. But for All In, I, I, I really didn't get it. it. It felt like there was no need for so many things to be announced so late. Um, and I know there were a few issues with some people weren't able to get visas and injuries, like, you know, Jamie Hayter being out was, I was, a re- I felt really gutted for her, actually. Her and Puck not being able to be, you know, um, available because of injury, like, those are two huge losses. But yeah, I, I honestly, I, I have no idea why we couldn't have had match, a, like a solid match card and a, and a, longer build um, mm. in a run-up to All In. What, what wasn't there speculation that... Yeah, sorry. Wasn't there speculation that Tony wanted, like, the prestige of selling out the venue without having announced a card? Didn't someone say that I mean, or speculate about that? I mean, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I don't know... I don't know if announcing a card... Again, they sold all their tickets based on their reputation which is warranted, and that initial excitement of first time in Europe. Um, I, I think 80% of it was first time in Europe type deal. Mm. Um, and, you know, they sold, what, 60,000 in the first few hours or something like that, and then the other 20,000 was over the course of a couple of months. So, I, I mean, in fairness, I don't know if whether if they'd announced a card earlier would have made that much of a difference in ticket sales. I think, you know, what they sold is what they would have sold anyway, give or take, you know, a hundred or so here or there, but 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he, maybe he did it that way to prove a point. Um, uh, it proved quite a hell of a point because you ain't seen WWE selling that number of tickets for a show like that with no card announcement, unless it's like a WrestleMania. If it, the only the only thing I could see topping that those sorts of numbers <laughs> with that little fanfare in terms of match card might be a WrestleMania based on purely the name alone. So you don't think WWE could sell out Wembley uh, without it being like a mania? Like if they if they said, okay, no. that, they do it, we, let's uh, give it a go. Tell a lie. If it was a Royal Rumble, may, uh, maybe a SummerSlam, but a SummerSlam <clears throat> where, you, where people would know what the main event was. <clears throat> but um, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, maybe Royal Rumble... I think, ironically, I think Royal Rumble would probably sell out more than a SummerSlam would yeah. at, um, at Wembley Stadium. But if it was just like a regular Clash of the Castle or I don't know, Stampede in the stadium, that's AEW. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> if it was just like a regular uh, WWE event, yada, 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 Wembley Stadium, it wouldn't sell out. I don't think it would sell out because they've been over here before. Well, so every year, yeah. I think. Yeah, so you know, they do house shows over here, so I think that's there's no real novelty value exactly. to have to, to seeing WWE in the well, UK. Money, or Europe. Actually, money in the bank was was it money in the bank? Yeah, money in the bank was, yeah, money in the bank was all it's one of their big five, right? So that's what I mean, like it would have to be one of their big five, and I think it would have to be one of the original three, so it would have to be a mania, a rumble. What was the this matter? What was the um, attendance for? Is it Clash in the Castle? Was that what it was called? The Scottish one? Uh, oh, the, uh, no! It was a uh, Wales. Um, oh dear! Uh, yeah, that is tries to furiously type on Google. Um, it was Cardiff Stadium, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think that did. Pretty well. I mean, from people that I got chatting to at the Q and A, um, so that did sixty two thousand hmm. two hundred ninety six. So, which I th- I'm not sure what the capacity of Cardiff Stadium is. I think Cardiff Stadium maybe might be seventy thousand. So, <clears throat> um, so pretty good for a kind of made up event that was just kind sure. of created for the hell of it, really. Yeah, and the only reason why that event happened. There was because um, WWE like to have the city that they're doing an event in pay them to have the event because in their mind, they're bringing trade, tourism, money into that area. Mm. So their actually original intention was to have Clash in the Castle, was he not named Clash in the Castle, um, at Wembley Stadium. And... Wembley said, or London said, uh, we're doing all right with tourist trade, thanks. So I don't think we're going to pay you any money. Um, and then Cardiff went, yeah, we'd like some more tourists. So, um, so yeah, so they went to um, Cardiff and got paid. So it'll be interesting to see if they change their tactic so they can try and get that record back. Well, we, you saw the John Cena promo 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Really weird, crapping on about having WrestleMania in the UK. So, well, so was that just for him to come out and just have something to say, or is that was, genuine what they're going for? I was curious because I, I was. I was curious about it in terms of did he just go into business for himself or <laughs> did or is this but then I was thinking no he's very much a company man so he's gonna go out there and just yeah. just spout some shit but I think what they've tried to do there I think in turn they in terms of WWE I think what they've tried to do is um they've tried to put pressure on I don't know who the powers that be are for a Wembley or whatever. Oh, interesting. They've they've tried to put pressure on them in terms of going, hey, look, the people really want this thing to happen. And you're the... Because didn't he make reference to some people are are, are trying to stop us from getting a WrestleMania here or something like that, he said. But it was very... It it was weird because it sounded like he was talking about the higher-ups at WWE. But I think he was actually referring to the officials or whoever controls Wembley or London or whatever it is. I think it was a shot of them to go, hey, the fans really want this thing and you're the ones that are holding it back. So just pay us some money and we'll come and put a thing on in Wembley Stadium. I That's my theory. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. Thanks. So... Yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, Jack Perry versus Hook? What was that like live? Yeah, so uh, so yeah, that was the other um, pre-show uh, zero. It was called uh, event. Um, so from where we were sitting, that one of my my biggest and it's more a nitpick rather than a oh this was bullshit. I want money back. But from where we were sitting, and I think the same could be said for not just from where we were, but for everyone on our side. So we were sat with the ring slightly to the left of our viewpoint. And we were in the, um, in the actual stadium seats rather than on the floor. So on the pitch. Hmm. Uh, so we were slightly elevated, uh, really good sight lines to the ring, although there was a pylon, which was kind of directly in our line of sight. So when everyone went on the, tur- the turnbuckle on a certain side, you can see him, but Really good sight lines, but the problem was where the runway was from the entrance point to the ring, it was at floor level, um, which is great for, you know, camera shots, people coming through, giving high fives to the crowd and that. But from where we were sitting and everyone on the opposite side of the ring to the entrance, you couldn't see shit until people hit the ring. So um, unfortunately for us, we... Couldn't I, we couldn't really see live? Obviously, you had screens everywhere, so you could see stuff on the screens, but we couldn't see live the whole first, I don't know, five minutes of that fight where they were fighting on a car and they were doing suplexes and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so yeah, that was a shame. Um, but again, nitpick, not a massive deal. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, a match, it was it was good fun again. Lots of energy from the crowd. Hook was super over. Um, Perry got booed a lot. Um, you know, they, they put on a good show. Again, having the big screen. is the other, the other weird thing, obviously, about being live is that you don't get the commentary. So you're literally just hearing, 
you know, people getting suplexed to the ring and, and whatnot or whatever's going on and you're just reacting to what the crowd's reacting to and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, really good atmosphere, really good energy. Again, it was super early as well. So everyone was like really pumped and um, uh, Hook got the win, uh, which is cool. Um, and yeah, he got a big pop. Um, I feel like they really need to do something else with him now and kind of elevate him a bit more because he's a very good wrestler and very popular. So you good to kind of see him move on and move up. Um, do, up do you not think um, that this has kind of painted Jack Perry into a corner? Because I'm not, I, I don't know, He's he's been an okay heel, but not really that convincing. I mean, he, I, I feel like he... he I feel like they should turn him back face now because he, he's lost the belt, uh, which is all kind of there's quite a lot of build up to him, you know, uh, wanting to get a belt and he's had the belt. He's he's not the most convincing of heels for, for obvious reasons because he was so over as Jungle Boy. I think it's the transition hasn't quite kicked in yet. I think. I mean, live, he, he was, uh, he was getting a lot of heat live. Um, he was getting lots of booze. Um, and it, I think from what I could see <clears throat> in the way, the way he performed, I feel like he is enjoying being a heel because it's something different from what he's done previously. Um, and he's, um, he's doing some, some like, you know, quite clever things as a heel, like he'll go up and tease that he's going to do a move from the top rope and then jump down and give everyone a finger and stuff like that. So he's having fun with it. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, they're not going to turn him back face anytime soon. Um, I think that's the, the reality of the situation. When he was a baby face, he was getting kind of lukewarm receptions for a little while just before he turned heel, which is why I think they turned him, they, they decided to, Okay, now's a good time for you to turn because you you know you're not getting the the um, the excitement uh, as much as you were um, say six nine months ago. Um, so I, I'd be in, I I think he needs another feud just to kind of see how it goes. Um, well, 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 let me see how we go from there. What will come next um, is that uh, there is no. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You could prove me wrong on this. Uh, but most heels, there's there's no there's no I don't know what you call them um, solo wrestlers that are heels that aren't in a fucking faction. So he's going to end up in in, in a faction because um, I think maybe um, or, or or he'll have to have a manager or or someone or some stooge. It it, it feels like it's it's something that kind of irritates me about AEW is everyone evil has to have a lot of people to back them up and interfere and do kind of heel shithousery. You can't just be, I don't know, like a, a really super evil but but, cap- but guy who's capable of, of winning on their own. That That's just not what a heel is in AEW. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, my, my response to that would be, and not historically, but like kind of recent MJF. I mean, I know he's had like his his factions and that sort of stuff, but he and I know he's a babyface now. But there was a period where he was heel and by himself, 
and yes, he was cheating to win and doing, you know, hitting people with a diamond ring or whatever, but um, he made the solo heel gimmick work. But I think it, inherently heels just are faction guys generally. Um, you know, I don't think there's many, if you look across the board, AW and WWE, I think, you know, maybe like the Miz is a heel, is a solo heel. Most of everyone else tends to run the faction. Um, I, I heard um, a suggestion that, you know, maybe Jungle Boy might link up again with Christian and form a little, another little heel faction there. But, you know. Um, oh, I mean, if 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 the rumours are true and, and Edge goes to AEW, then they could be uh, uh, a trio. New brood. New brood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little baby vampire. Um yeah, I'm not sure where he goes from um, the Hook feud. I mean... Well, in I, fairness, it's out of anyone's hands at this point. When he does return, he'll be a hero or or, a, or he'll, he'll be hated. What, the he'll situation, be hated in Chicago, that's for sure. Well, yes, but the situation with Punk now overrules any creative decision that they could have had for him. He'll be adored uh, and celebrated as a, as, a, as a guy who got rid of, you know, the he stood up to the big bad punk, or he'll be reviled for it. So yeah, there's there's nothing think, anyone can do. I think for him at this point, I think he. I, I think, I think in most places outside of Chicago, um, he'll be a hero. Dealey, <laughs> Perry, and TK will be heroes. They'll mm. be they'll be cheered. They won't get booed. Uh, like they might. Well, you might was get... it Canada when when punk was just mauled? By that audience, yeah. it was Canada, wasn't it? They did a few episodes there, so I mean, if yeah, would probably be everywhere, everywhere out outside of Chicago, yeah, everywhere outside yeah. of Chicago. I think we're like all out tonight. I mean, I know we're going to touch on this in a bit, but all out tonight is going to be really interesting because um, it's in Chicago and it's the day after. I mean, fucking ballsy move by TK, <laughs> like firing Chicago's favorite son the night mm. before. <laughs> yeah. Biggest pay per views. I mean, that's some coherence on that on that dude. I would, have, um, I would have just said it's still being investigated, and then an his favorite phrase, isn't it? Yeah, literally, literally, like <laughs> after the last uh, after the last match. Oh yeah, by the way, CM Punk's fired. See you later, bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And he, he would do that in interviews because I can't talk about it. There's an investigation. It's like it's just you and Tony Schiavone. It's not like a police investigation. It's like, it, you can't talk about it. Yeah, t- Tony. Tony, should we do, should we should we sack him? I don't know, Tony. What do you think we should do, uh, Tony? I'm, I'm not quite sure. Maybe we should uh, you know, wait a little bit. Well, well you know, we've got Chicago, Tony. So you know, might want to wait for that. It's literally. <laughs> I'm going to let you the conversation. Call a lawyer on the phone. He- Hello, dial a lawyers for you. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But Chicago's yeah. been such a crutch for Tony. He has absolutely relied on it. But every time there's a key mm. milestone moment in Punk's kind of since his return, Let's go back it, to he Chicago. has clinged. Yeah, he's clinged to Chicago. Um, he's engineered his his second title win in Chicago. He the his return was in Chicago. You know, it was just like, oh no, he's getting mixed reactions. Let's go to Chicago. So now it's like the, now will be the one place he can't go anymore, which is yeah. Crazy. Well, like I say, tonight tonight's really gonna show like us. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, they they had collision collision was there um, last night, and apparently there wasn't. There were some Simpunk chants, but they got shouted down by people. Um, 
TK came out before the match started to make an announcement about Punk being fired, which most people kind of knew at that point. And he got some booze, but then he managed to turn the crowd around as he was, you know, talking through his, you know, what had happened. Um, so, yeah, all in is going to be interesting. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate and say, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then they just fucking burn the place down. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, look, look, look. Those fans don't play. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So let, let, let's... Yes. Sorry. Uh, so let's go back. <laughs> CM versus Samoa Joe. Yes. Take uh, so, I mean, yeah. For, so from your guys' perspective, what, how did it look? Was it was it fun to watch on the pay-per-view? Imran, what, what are your thoughts? I, I liked the match. I, I, I watched it just a couple of days afterwards. So I am far from... Uh, a CM Punk fan so I had already been familiar with the news of Jack Perry and um and the and the subsequent suspension so I actually I felt in a way I felt quite bad for Punk when he came out to the make his entrance because he's literally had this uh, this thing happen backstage and now we hear he potentially lunged at Tony Khan as well so he knows this is bad and he comes out to such a strong reaction and all the camera shots of the crowd that you'd pick out like 20 middle fingers coming right back at him <laughs> and that must have been a horrible horrible moment I you know and he smiles through it as he does but that entrance uh, just literally have, having come from that knowing this is going to be bad and then coming out to this audience and you can't even have the security or the comfort of a warm embrace there are middle fingers <laughs> people screaming at him um and I, I i felt i felt bad for him in that moment but again he's he's brought all of this on himself i thought the match was mostly very very good there was this horrifically weird moment in right in the middle where they launch into john cena and hulk hogan <laughs> which and oh the God. reason that didn't work for me at all is because punk is covered in blood and when <laughs> you bleed you the match goes up a level right there's, there are higher yeah. stakes there's more seriousness and that was right at the beginning of a comeback like you are <laughs> bleeding and now you've launched into a comedy skit mm. and i just it took me completely out of the match and there was lots of weird homages throughout the whole night to be honest mm. like i'm not quite sure if there was some edict that went out for some reason or other but um i thought them doing that in that moment was a horrible thing it took me completely out of the match if i were rating out of five it would have lost a point or two mm. because of it but mostly a very good match with a most obvious outcome in the world uh, no, no one could have doubted yeah. uh, or wondered who was going to win it it's in, it's interesting because to, you said you saw it after all the news came yeah. out yeah it's really interesting because i obviously i, I saw it live so um had no context for anything that had gone yeah. before and and whatnot, and I, I vividly remember thinking, like, Punk looks a bit weird, like when he came out. I don't know why. Yeah. I just had a weird thing in my head of he, he didn't his reaction to the people and all the rest of it. Just I don't know. It was a he looked kind of low energy for someone that's walking out to one of the biggest crowds in like you know wrestling history. Um, he looked kind of low energy and obviously now we understand why. Um, but I mean, from there, I, you know, um, again, being part of the crowd, there were a couple of guys in front of us, um, 
who were vociferous uh, punk fans, and um, and I, I was I was play acting to um, uh, to Rich, who was stood next to me. Uh, um, shout out to Rich, by the way. Um, and um, I was singing along to Cult Personality and giving it a big and but really I was massively supporting Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe was like. Definitely the most over the two of them got the most chance, um, and and he was having a good time as well. He was he was you know dancing and you know fucking up punk with a move and mm. then dancing in, in in the same breath and uh, and that sort of thing. And it was it was a really good time, um, and it was really fun. Um, and again, I think when you watch something live, you get so caught up in the moment with all the energy of everyone around you. And I, and, I, and it really kind of uh, colours your perception of what the match really is in terms of the quality or whatever. So from a live perspective, it was a really fun match, um, really exciting, lots of energy. Um, Joe had what felt like 90% of the match as well. Like he, he looked great. Yeah. yeah he, yeah, he's like, he, he's, I think it looks like he's like lost quite, quite a bit of weight yeah. and he's like looking in really Moved great shape. Yeah, uh, moving really well. Fucked up punks so many times on <laughs> some of those moves. Um, there was one where he, um, <laughs> which popped the crowd huge where punk um, tried to do a dive, but Joe was on the floor. Yeah. Punk tried to do a dive off the, the top rope. And Joe did his classic, I'll oh, just walk up, walk, walk out of the way, um, and made punk, punk miss. Um, and he then just did like, just did a wanker sign to the crowd and then just <laughs> everyone went absolutely nuts. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just, it was just a lot of fun. Just Joe being Joe, he was like massively over. Um, punk got a good reception as well. You know, people popped for his entrance. Um, but, the crowd was definitely behind Joe and, you know, like you say, you know, the, the result was what it should have been um, in, in theory, um, not taking obviously whatever happened ahead of time into account. Um, but yeah. All right. yourself, Dan, what do you think of this one? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with a lot of what you both said. I, I do. I, I did kind of feel that, uh, Samoa Joe was so dominant throughout that match. As you said, he probably had about 90% of it. And I find it a little bit jarring that a lot of CM Punk matches have been the same as if like he's the plucky underdog and he fights from when fights from underneath or however you phrase it and, and always just kind of gets the win. Almost a little bit like Orange Cassidy. So I kind of find that a little bit... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess that's just wrestling, isn't it? But um, yeah, I really, I really wanted Samoa Joe to win. Uh, I, again, regardless, obviously, at the time uh, I watched that, I didn't know what happened um, uh, with Punk. So, but yeah, I, I, I love, I, I love Samoa Joe so much. I just really wanted him to. Uh, absolutely crucify punk but it was uh, it was cool that um did um uh punk i think he he to get the pin for he did is it was it the pepsi plunge pepsi plunge yeah yeah 
which he doesn't. I don't think he's done that in a long time. So that was kind of kind of cool, no. bit of a throwback move. So uh, yeah, at least uh, I'll, I'll give him kudos for that. I tell you what, actually, as well, seeing him live really cemented uh, the fact that Samojo is quite possibly one of my top three wrestlers of all time. Wow. <laughs> um, he, he's just, he's, he's just really like unique. Like his, obviously, and also when you think of his skill set, like he's incredible on the mic and a promo. He's incredible as a commentator, as he's proved. He's obviously incredible in the ring. He um, is got, has got charisma. He's got um, a, variety of moves he's not a one-trick pony by any stretch of imagination um he can be an incredible heel he can be an incredible baby face um and he's got one of the dopest theme tunes uh on the roster mm-hmm. right now i mean well he, he's yeah. pretty much he's pretty and he's much. always had a, he's always had an incredible theme by the way can i just yeah. to shout that one out but yeah sorry, he, Dan, sorry. He, even when even though he's kind of been painted as a heel. Um, no, everyone loves him. No, no one gives a monkeys that he's. Yeah, he's a heel right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the fans have decided. Yeah, fuck it. No, we love him. We, don't care. <laughs> we really don't care. And I kind of, you know, it, it takes a lot for wrestlers to 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 be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Moving on. Um, the Golden Elite versus Jay Wright. Juice Robinson and Kanosuke Takeshita. What did you guys think of this one? Three versus three. Uh, I have to say, I have not seen this one. Well, only only a couple of. <gasps> oh yeah, I didn't see this. <laughs> so over to him, man. I liked. I was I was wrestling her with whether. Was this like to be in attendance? I know. I, I it was, um, <laughs> with like in a way, I'm, I'm kind of stuck on this match in terms of like Kenny. Like, is this the match? Like, I guess for you, Teach, to be in attendance, would you have preferred a one on one? Like, as your first experience of seeing Kenny Omega live, but the people he teamed with in a way is a dream kind of yeah. combo. So I get that, but it's kind of, I get the same point. It's like, I think people would have dug a Kenny one-on-one, to be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, from a personal and slash life perspective, I'm gutted that I didn't get to see Kenny Omega. The match I really wanted was Kenny versus, uh, Kenny, uh, sorry, Omega versus Osprey 3. That was the one I really, really, really wanted. But conversely, I'm pretty sure there's something political with New Japan and, you know, they probably wanted it on a bigger show and blah, blah, whatever. I mean, I'm not quite sure what bigger show you can get than Osprey yeah. in the UK versus Kenny Omega at one of the biggest shows on the planet. But anyway, I digress. Um, so, you know, I was a little bit guided about that. Um, and also, uh, to your point, guided to not see Kenny one-on-one versus somebody Especially, you know, this guy can't have more than, what, two, maybe three years left on, mm. you know, at his peak. So, yeah, that was a little bit disappointing. And also, you know, I love, I've, I've Jay White is a guy who I heard about from New Japan and was like, this guy, really? It wasn't I wasn't wholly convinced about him. 
Um, but I haven't watched him on AEW for, you know, last couple of months and kind of seen how great he is on the mic and seen him in the ring a lot more. Um, I really, 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 really like Jay White. Um, and Takeshita, um, you know, outstanding talent, um, super, super talented dude. Hangman as well being in the ring. So it's in some ways it was good having that mix of people where you can get, you know, you've got like, yeah. you've got one-on-ones with Omega, Jay White, Omega, Takeshita, Takeshita, Hangman, White, Hangman, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed to see Kenny Omega in a one-on match with someone mm. just tearing the house down. Um, as a, you know, as a first time in, in, um, in Europe. Yeah. Um, well, that that combo that, though, amazing though, like to see him, team with hangman and ibushi like yeah that's well, that's a pretty dream country too i would in, yeah i mean on paper yes um and you know hangman brought it omega brought it everyone brought it ibushi it, it really sucks to say but i really don't think we're gonna see any more of the ibushi of old um and that's not and that's not a slight on him because, you know, from according to all the reports, he's been through a lot of shit in terms of health and, you know, mental health and, you know, personal issues and all that kind of stuff. Um, so the fact he's even back wrestling is, is a huge deal. Um, but he isn't the Ibushi that, you know, from his peak in um, New Japan and that sort of stuff. So, I don't know, man. They, they they roll him out every so often for a pay-per-view, but I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if he's trying to get back to some level of Ikebushi or if he's just going to pop up here and there whenever mm. whenever he's needed or, or what. But he, yeah, he's he's not anywhere near as sharp as he used to be. Um, Quite a bit of criticism in the last pay-per-view he uh, appeared in, didn't he? Yeah, and, and again, it was a similar sort of thing like, you know, and I don't think anyone's like, oh, this guy's slipping because he's just, you know, slipping. I think it's more everyone understands he's been through some shit and he's not wrestled that much. You know, he's he's carrying way more weight than, uh, sorry, I don't want to say way more because it sounds like he's fat, but he's he looks noticeably bigger and, a, and half a step slower than he used to be. Like... Mm-hmm his moves aren't quite as crisp and, you know, the stuff off the, off the ropes and off the top rope is not quite as sharp as it used to be. So there's something there that's, and it, it feels a little bit more than just general ring rust. Um, so I don't know, hopefully I don't, it would be great to get back some of the Ibushi of old, but you know, I, 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 I think that, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I worry that we might not see Peekabushi again or something close to that. But from a general perspective, it was a fun match. Uh, cool stuff happened. Um, Juice Robinson is... With your baby. Isn't Peek-a-boo. that a game you play with babies, like probably Japanese babies? <laughs> Stop it. Oh. <laughs> It's been a long time. I felt I had to do a terrible joke to make. 
One thing I will quickly interject. Uh, Juice Robinson is a crazy motherfucker. And he, a lot of the stuff that he does reminds me very much of Macho Man back in the days. Oh, wow. If you watch his mannerisms and like his little weird stuff and the way he carries himself, the way he moves, it's very reminiscent of Macho Man. It is. He's very rubbery, isn't he? He's very like trendy yeah. and rubbery, which is a bit, yeah, yeah. Weird. If, you, if you watch him, the way he holds himself, the way Macho Man, man, I'm telling you, is is. But he's 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 a he's very entertaining to watch and, and very and a lot of fun. So, but yeah, enjoy. I enjoyed it. It was it was good. It was good. To, good oh, to can see. I just make one addition to my my comments? The um, we talked about like awesome theme musics. To me, Jay White absolute best theme tune on on the roster i freaking like love it and it was a, such a wicked entrance the way they they're playing Very that good. awesome music through the tunnel the way he was sort of, sort of standing there you got juice kind of kneeling on the floor i had to yeah. rewind that a few times it looked effing amazing it's such a great very uh, very very, awesome very good tune. i will agree with you there's one that beats it though which we'll get to oh oh okay yeah i see where you're going um cool all right so um next up aw tag team championship ftr versus the young bucks two of the best tag team on two of the best tag teams on the planet i I would uh guess i don't think many people argue with that uh what did you guys think of uh this match <laughs> I was waiting. I was like, "Where? Where's he going to?" Yeah, I mean, it was um, predictably awesome in a good way. Uh, like, I mean, it, this was this this is probably I think my favorite match um, that I've seen off this card. Uh, yeah, it it was just classic FTR and classic Bucks. I mean, I, I've seen them a few times. Um, where they they always have good in ring chemistry, um, they always work well together. Even though uh, there's a lot of um, you know stuff about them having a bit of backstage beef and Bucks like lacking respect, but they, they certainly don't. You know that that certainly doesn't impact. If, if that is true, if that's not just a work itself, uh, they they certainly don't let that affect their their performance in the ring. Um, I was, I oh God, I, I almost thought the Bucks were going to get it. I, I thought they might actually uh, win this one, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was pretty cool, and, and they really did go all out, both of them. Sorry, there's a pun there, an unintentional <laughs> pun. They, they went all in. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, awesome, really good. Amen. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't. The only addition I could make to what Dan said, which I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, it was predictably uh, excellent. It really, really was. But I, I still have trouble with FTR, like trying to, like, I, I'm still stuck when I, my introduction to them, I think, like most people, was the black and gold NXT. And their line in there was no flips, just fists. And I'm, you know, and I'm still getting used to them, like, particularly Cash, man. He did a 450. He did a springboard yeah. 450. And I keep looking Cash at him like, news, man. <laughs> I know I always heckle the screen. I'm like, what happened to no flips? What's he do is no flips. <laughs> but um, so I'm still like, I prefer them not to be that. I, it's such mm. a small, it's not even a gripe. It really is. It's just like, I like I that no flips, just fists. And there was something, uh, you know, you wouldn't have seen the brain busters, which I always look at them as try, almost trying to emulate. Um, 
um, on Anderson Tully Blanchard. Sort of, they never would have done anything like that. And I liked that distinct that distinction of still being the absolute best tag team, at, even at NXT. They were the you know phenomenal, phenomenal team. And it's um, yeah, and just I liked that tag. And I still look at them doing you know all kinds of flips now. Dive, cash dives out the ring. Well, and stuff it's, like. it's, like, what are you it's doing? More, it's more wheeler, isn't it? That, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Cash does them, doesn't he? Yeah, but it's yeah. still, I, I don't know. I almost prefer, like, not that they do that. I think sometimes someone can do it and look fantastic. Um, yeah. And sometimes someone does it and it's like, it's amazing that you can do it, but it wasn't the prettiest thing I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> I would prefer that, but that's not even a gripe, but that's my I, kind of comment I could add to it. TJ, okay. what, what was the crowd like? Who, who was um, getting the most over? Because that, I mean, that was like a direct 50-50 split. Or, or, or I was going to say, actually, um, I would pay good money to see uh, Dax do a 450 splash on anyone. Um, that would be fucking <laughs> hilarious. Um, so, yeah, this one, this, <laughs> this one, it, it was very much 50-50, although it was hilarious. Again, it, the, the other funniest thing was the two, there were two dudes in front of us and... I swear, everyone that they supported, I was the complete opposite. So the whole time I was like shouting vociferously for whoever I was going for, and they'd be going back the other way. Um, yeah, no, this was definitely 50 50. Um, one of the more, more hilarious crowd chants I heard at the start of this um, when they came out was na, 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 Wheeler's got a gun, got a gun, Wheeler's got a gun. So, oh um, no! Oh no! Wow! <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, it's a British crowd. What are you gonna do? Right. Um. But yeah, no, really good match. Again, really good energy. And I, you know, I think across. Sadly, the only match that we kind of had a bit of an exodus of people going to the toilet was the women's match. But we'll get to that in a sec. But I think for all of the matches, like the energy was again really hot. Everyone was just really into everything that happened. Um, this one, and considering the show went what four hours, mm, just yeah. over the four hour mark, um, it being in attendance, it really didn't feel like that at all. Um, it, it, they they really uh, unlike one thing that really annoys me about WWE is that they have tons of video packages between matches and you know, all sorts of stuff. Whereas this was literally someone would get pinned and you would turn around and then the entrance music for someone else was hitting as the other person was getting rolled out of the ring. It was so quick uh, in terms of the turnaround from match to match. It was like no downtime at all. Um, So yeah, they did a really good job in terms of keeping people's energy levels up uh, in that respect. But yeah, this one was was great to watch and um, yeah, uh, really good fun. Crazy. Um, the next match is the one I'm, I'm desperate to ask you about because I've oh, matches and yeah. I can't think what this must be an absolute <laughs> car wreck to watch live. <laughs> so, Stadium Stampede, um, which featured, <sighs> take a breath, Orange Cassidy, Trent Beretta, Chuck Taylor, Eddie Kingston, and Penta El Zero Miedo versus. John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler, Utah, Santana, and Ortiz. <sighs> right. So this one, oi. Um, <laughs> so 
first of all, I'm going to talk build up to this match. Santana and Ortiz joining up with the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, why? <laughs> where, where, where did that come from? That was yeah. literally the most random shit that happened in the Dynamite before All In, where they just turned up and went, hey, we're part of this crew now. Okay. <laughs> cool. I mean, awesome to see you again, Santana. Ortiz. No way. Santana was on that's injured. Great to see you both again. But sure, whatever. Anyway, um <laughs> so um cool stuff. I'll start with the cool stuff. Very, very cool slash terrifying to see Moxley and his crew come through the crowd because there was a there was a there was a moment before they came out where everyone and I, I mean everyone, you could see it across the whole stadium. Because obviously Moxley never ever comes in through the regular entrance ramp. He comes in some, from somewhere random. And everyone, you could see, if you looked across the stadium, you could see everyone kind of looking around going, where's he come from? Where's he come from? Where's he come from? And like just heads like on a swivel everywhere. Um, and they came out on the floor, so which would have been the pitch, um, from literally just in front of us actually, which was really cool. I, I say just in front of us, it was still a good like a few hundred yards. Um but well, they came through and I kind of feel like they didn't really plan this one very well because they came through on the floor and it was in a section where people would have been walking to go to the toilet or to go to concessions or blah, blah, whatever. So you had all these huge stars walking through this, which would normally be a, like an open, big open space apart from a few people going to the toilet that suddenly just got a shitload of people flooding over trying to get pictures and stuff. Um, so, so that was quite hilarious slash scary. Cause I was like, they're never going to get to the fucking ring. Cause like, mm. there's a lot of people in front of them. They got to get through. Um, but yeah, super excited to see that. Um, and you know, really fun entrance with the, with the whole crew onto the bad stuff. Obviously stadium stampede. So shit's going on pretty much everywhere. Eddie Kingston pissed off with, I don't know who was uh, warring with someone in the stands. At some point they went into the concession area and all matter of shit was going on. If you're in the stadium, when the stadium stampede match is going on, you can't see shit. Mm. Literally everything you get is from the screen. Sorry. They feed everything to the screens, but you can't see anything live. Um, I mean, there was stuff going on in the ring, but I mean, you just saw a mass of bodies and just fucking trash cans and blah, 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 whatever. So you were literally relying on the screens that were in front of you. So, yeah, I mean, it was all right. I mean, you know, when crazy shit happened, everyone did the whole, (gasps) but um, yeah, it was... As a spectacle and someone live in the stadium, it was a tough watch. Yeah, I, I, I hate these matches. I think they're 
it's not just the fact that how just insanely violent they are. It's the fact that so much of it is wasted because no one ever is looking at what the other person's doing. There's no cohesion in it. So people waste these amazing moments and sometimes stuff would happen and it would be to silence because nobody was looking at it. And there was this really bizarre moment in the match that was, I would argue, incredibly unprofessional. And if I was Claudio, I would have just really berated them. But he does this moment where he does the swing. And that's a good moment in any match when he does it because mm-hmm. everyone counts along and yeah. they build anticipation. And then he just starts it. And then these two idiots do a superplex off the top to a table <laughs> on the outside. It's like, you've just, you've, and you do it just right beside him. him. You totally <laughs> killed like and he, so Claudio finishes. No one counted. It went to silence because everyone's looking at the the people that have just smashed into the table. He must have said backstage, "What the hell did you do that? Couldn't you wait thirty seconds and then do the move?" Like no one looked at I you know the swing think- at all. It was so unprofessional, such a stupid thing to do. But that's that whole match. No one knows where to look. No one looks at what what someone else is doing. You waste these great moments. I mean, all respect to these. Uh, you know, if I were a wrestler and I'm told I'm in one of these, I'm like, shit, like, I'm going to, this is going to hurt like hell. But all credit to everyone I think the word you're looking for is, I think the word you're looking for is clusterfuck. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I say, I was, I really wanted to ask you about just watching it. Is it like, oh, it was great. You could just, it was like, it's like having five different channels on at the same time and you can just go to any of them, but it's just crazy. It's super hard to follow. Um, I only really caught up with what was going on at the end when Cassidy brought out the bucket of um, glass or yeah, the little bucket and the, and the mm. tape and the whole bit. So that was the, that was at that point when we kind of got an idea of what was going on. I, I, sorry, Dan, what are your thoughts before I go into what I was, I was going to say about this match? Um, I mean, I don't think I can add much, but, I just don't like any any matches that involve. I know Danielson wasn't part of this one, but any matches that involve all of the Blackpool Combat Club and anyone else in in whatever is the most tedious. Oh, it's a hyper violent brawl where we have to just escalate and bleed all over the shop. I just can't. I can't stand them. I can't stand Blackpool Combat Club. Full stop. As you as I probably said before so this match was just i don't know it, it, i i it could have just done without it i just didn't need to see it it was awful yeah i it's interesting because ironically like willie Utah is an incredible technical wrestler i think he's actually a little bit underrated for where he is his quality casting yeah, exactly. is is a another incredible wrestler daniel bryan Again, obviously one of the best technical wrestlers on the planet. Um, and I don't know. They get, It feels like they kind of get bogged down into this kind of... And I don't know if it's a case of Moxley's bringing them down into this kind of brawler, hardcore match, whatever it is, kind of stable. And, and ironically, when I hear people in the wrestling internet community talking about Moxley generally. Um, he's spoken of with a lot of reverence for, you know, the way he's carried AEW for through a lot of their choppier times. And I give him mad respect for that because, you know, when he, you know, he's probably 
dying for a fucking holiday. But, you know, whenever <laughs> they need someone to kind of headline a show or be a big bad or whatever it is, he's always the one that kind of steps up and, and, and carries a company on his back and, you know, does what needs to be done to kind of get them a decent, a good pay-per-view buy and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, in that respect, I don't, I don't want to disrespect him, but at the same time, there's also a part of me that's a little bit like, and I was thinking, ironically, I was thinking about this today. Like, if John Moxley, whatever his name is, hadn't gone to WWE, would he have turned out to be essentially another New Jack or one of those wow. journeyman indie wrestlers that just goes around and does the most gruesome hardcore matches because that's what flicks their switch? Because he does things that I'm a bit like, why are you doing this on what is essentially the number two wrestling promotion on the planet? Like, why are you bleeding every week? Why are you doing, why are you taking skewers to your forehead? Why are you, mm. you know, doing all of these like crazy hardcore shit? And I understand you, you know, AEW wants to set its own stall out and be something different from WWE. But why are you butchering yourself to the level that you're doing every week, week, like week in, week out. And this is a guy that, you know, has recently had a baby. Well, he obviously didn't have a baby, but, you know, his, his kid's super young and he's married. And, like, it, it just breaks my brain a little bit. And, I, and again, you know, and he's a good wrestler as well. Like, I I personally think he's, he's a, a good, like, he could have a decent technical good uh, psychological storytelling match with pretty much anyone. But he does these things and I'm a bit like, dude, you're, you're turning yourself into a one trick pony. And it's, I, yeah, it just, it breaks my brain a little bit that he, I don't know if this is what he likes, then it's what he likes and Tony entertains it. So, you know, whatever, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it, for me, it's also quite, it's be, a, it's beyond predictable. It, it's become boring because it's the same thing over over and over. And any kind of impact or reaction from the level of violence that he sustains is lost because it's every match. You know, he can barely make it to the ring without bleeding. Or, or <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such a yeah, oh, such a it is, and I think I don't know. This is pure speculation, but do you remember he he kind of went off the show because he he was dealing with problems with alcoholism, yeah. Um, and it feels to me, again, I don't don't, don't want to generalize too much, but after he came back from that, I know obviously a lot of this also coincides with him turning heel, but it feels like I don't know he he he. he he got over, you know, whatever kind of therapy he needed, you know, whatever he needed to, to get straight. And then he came back and now he's just sort of this, he, he's the equivalent of the X-Men juggernaut character, isn't he? He just sort of <laughs> walks through walls and people and just keeps walking and keeps doing it. Um, I remember when he lost the, the belt to um, MGF when he was... Um, screwed by um regal regal yeah it was screwed by regal and there was the storyline just kind of ended there nothing really happened after it and he didn't seem to be 
particularly bothered about it either. He just kind of maintained this this kind of weird, you know, kind of no nonsense, no nonsense street brawler uh, persona, and it just and it just sort of carries on. There's there's not there's no nuance to it. There's no levels to it. It's just one thing, and that one thing is just over and over. it literally is. It's almost like you're being bludgeoned to death in the face by his wrestling his wrestling shtick, uh, just yeah. as much as he's bludgeoning people in the face in the ring. And it's just like, and you know, as you said, he he is so much more than that. He's he's an mm. awesome character. He's brilliant on the mic. He has everything in his locker to be. You know, a kind of more three sixty, uh, you know, wrestling persona, but he's now gone for this thing where, oh yeah, it it, it just I don't know, I don't know. I I also I love Claudio Castanoli. I loved him when he was Cesaro in in WW in WWE. So um, it is a bit of a shame that that their, their, their shtick is just beating people up and generally being violent. And there's no there's no end game to it. It's not. They don't seem to be trying to get belts anymore. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think I think they lack Danielson. I think they need him back. Even sure. I don't know. I don't know now that he's fighting um, uh, Starks. If that means mm. he's gone back to being face again, but they really they, that faction really does need uh, Danielson to pull yeah. them back into some kind of anything but what they are now. Yeah. What about you, Ren? Any thoughts on this one? Well, I don't think uh, I agree with everything. I don't think Danielson is the key, though. I mean, he, you know, they as a, the BCC kind of inexplicably turned heel and had a lengthy program with the elite that was famously having screwdrivers jabbed into heads. But Danielson was right there with him. He was cutting most of the promos in support of mm. of the group. So I don't necessarily think he is he is the, the kind of key, but. I just think, yeah, I, I always think from any creative perspective in whatever creative field you're in, when someone can see what you're doing and you've become, it's become a trademark and everyone expects it, you've got to change it. Like, it's just, and I just think, yeah, like, yeah, you know, sure. the, 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 just from the blood thing, it's kind of like, you know, like, does Tony not hear anything that anyone says? Has has no one said to him or or, or even just Moxley backstage, hey, you don't have to bleed every match, right? Like maybe it's doing just, this a little bit too much. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe his skin is just so worn; it's like a wet paper towel, and it's just it just bursts open at any. He's he sneezes. Yeah. <laughs> or he just sneezes, and his forehead just explodes <laughs> with blood. I don't know, but oh, there goes I just think, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you, you know, it's just weird. Like, I do think it's weird. I think when people, when you've become a, a if you've making yourself a caricature of yourself. You know, and mm. even like when other wrestlers, like what didn't remember um, uh, MJF when he cut a promo after they did the 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 pillars match. Um, I think that uh, the pillars match was like, which was the heavyweight championship, but it went before this massive uh, uh, elite yeah. BCC match. And I, I remember MJF did a promo the week after or something, and he says people thought I was mad that we weren't the, the main event. Do you think I want to wrestle after Moxie's bled all over the ring? You know, and it was like, that's that. that. Now, when you've, you've become a parody now, like people are just laughing at it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's always got to be a point of, okay, we need to change it now. 
you yeah. know, but he's not reached that point yet. So I don't, I don't get it. I think the biggest thing for me is when it comes to blood and that sort of stuff. It's like, to, to my mind, you know, someone bleeding should be a really fucking big deal. It should yeah. be a, holy shit, you've been busted open or you're in a feud and this person beat you so much that you, you've got color now, whatever it is. Whereas now they do it so often. It's like, yeah. it's like, I see blood more than I see sweat in a wrestling ring right now at AEW. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it just kills that entire gimmick. And it, and and again, you kind of look at it and go, okay, you must realize that you now killed this entire gimmick because uh, you can't. I can't believe you're that stupid. So either you are that stupid and you're just going to keep doing what you're doing because you think it's cool or whatever, or you're now trolling us, which is insulting my intelligence. And it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, like just, and there's no reason for it as well. It's like you yeah, can have a match, you can beat the shit out of each other, you can look exhausted, you don't have to fucking bleed, dude. You don't have to bleed to emphasize the point of, hey, we're having a big match here and we're getting pretty fucked up and, oh, look, I'm bleeding now. It's, it's like, you don't have to do that. Just have good matches, look exhausted, sell the moves that you're doing and save the blood for a pay-per-view or the end of a blood feud or whatever it is. But you don't have to do it, you know, oh, I'm going to go and sign a contract. Oh, shit, I've been busted wide open. <laughs> Calm the fuck down, dude. Yeah. Um, what they're doing it's not like the the actions that they are making in the ring are resulting in the blood they are blading <laughs> yeah exactly I know it, happens, it does happen accidentally sometimes they'll cut, cut yeah, yeah, yeah. parts of their mouth and you know I've, but, got, a two, I've got a two count oh I'm busted wide open oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Right, moving on, because we've got, still got quite a few matches to go. I just looked at the card. Um, and we're at an hour and 13. All right, um, so uh, next up, AW World Women's Championship. Uh, we had um, Soraya versus, in a four-way match, versus Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. What did you guys think of this one? Imran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I keep forgetting to say your name. Sorry. <laughs> um uh it was okay. Um it wasn't um the uh bu- 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 I, I think I'm I was sort of disappointed. I liked the group of um Soraya, Tony Storm and um uh and Ruby. I thought as a as a trio I, I thought they were pretty good and it was they were an interesting group because they were three people who walked in almost in the main event slot and it wasn't working. Uh, and then they kind of just banded together and I, I, yeah, so it seems like that has now come to an, an end. Um, uh, happy for Soraya. What um, has it? <coughs> well, Excuse me. Good Lord. That, what, or has <laughs> it? I don't like, are you bleeding? He's <laughs> busting my nose. <laughs> he's banged his head on the microphone and he's like, oh my God, oh, there's blood everywhere. My God. <laughs> wow. Start again. Um, no, I'm keeping all of it in. <laughs> it's all staying. Um, yeah, um, I'm happy for Soraya. I always wonder when stuff like this happens, if it's solely, like if I'm Soraya and Tony's saying, hey, you're winning the championship, my initial gut reaction would be, oh, that's amazing. Tony, if we weren't in Wembley, would I win the championship? 
mm. or you know is yeah, this a deserved thing or not. is it you want the moment <laughs> yeah so I, I hope for her it was um just something that was going to happen for her anyway no, no. Um, well <laughs> no. um, and it, an amazing moment for her I mean bearing in mind she was on a career ending uh, list and for some reason any career ending list everyone comes out of it from Daniel Bryan to Edge to Soraya so <laughs> what's about yeah exactly uh, so no uh, uh, happy for her um, yeah nothing really much else to say yeah I think from a live perspective highlights here were um, obviously Soraya coming out to um, We All Rock You was fucking dope um, and it's that it's that weird thing of hey you're a heel but you're from this country and it's the first time in this country so we're gonna cheer you yay but we know you're a heel so it's a bit weird um but no she got a lot of energy um really really good pop when she came out um huge pop when she won and i i personally i thought they were gonna switch the title to baker because she's kind of kind of feels like she's been languishing a little bit in i don't know upper mid card limbo like she's still been in and around the title picture and i thought it would have been interesting my my thought process was maybe baker's gonna win title have a couple of title defenses haters gonna come back she never lost the title but they're supposed to be mates where you know there's an inbuilt Mm. tension there type scenario so i thought they might go down that route but they didn't um, I, in fact, um, uh, Rich called it and said he thought Soraya was going to win because she's from the UK. I didn't see it myself because she's not had great one-on-one matches since she's been back. But TK thought this would be a good idea. And in hindsight, it felt like it kind of was because, you know, when she won, she got a huge, huge pop. One of the biggest of the night. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was super dope. Uh, the other person that was also super over when they came out was um, Karo Shida, actually, which surprised me a little bit. I don't know why, but she got a, uh, a great reception when she when she did her entrance. So, um, Dan, any more thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It made sense for Soraya to win because of the whole UK connection, but it, it did. It, it felt a little bit odd because. I can't I can't think of more than two or three one-on-one matches that she's had since she's been back. Yeah. yeah. Is it is that right? Um sounds but maybe maybe a couple more. Every match I've seen her in she's not looked great, I'm not going to lie. Um she's uh, there's a there's a general it feels like there's a general ring rust about her which yeah. I'm not sure that she's going to shake off but I don't know. Well yeah, and I think that's that's potentially the problem going forward because obviously she's I, I kind of thought she was part of a heel faction so she could almost be like the almost play like the manager role uh, but get involved in, in the beat downs where she needed to sort of maintain a physical presence but it, it's clear you know she wasn't really quite at the races like at, at peak performance because I like you know mm-hmm. Paige in WWE and NXT was just awesome I've I've always thought she was one of the best women's wrestlers so now they've put the belt on her it'd be interesting to see is you know is she actually gonna is she gonna you know pass it on in the in the next 
pay-per-view or on dynamite you know is she going to hold it for uh, you know a protracted length of time or is this was this literally for the moment for the event for the fact it was the uk um just to get that pop and and she'll basically not have the belt much longer so yeah it'd be interesting to see um what happens i completely agree with you teach on you know Britt baker uh probably well maybe not this match but i think she's probably well easily the best uh wrestler in that division and and really needs to kind of almost be the the face of that division whether or not she she needs the belt but yeah i kind of feel she's she's probably the best they have at the moment hmm. uh also a big shout out to Jamie Hayter as well who no doubt would have been champion going into whatever plans they would have had um before uh before this but obviously she got injured so unfortunately had to bow out and um yeah uh, it was a, a real shame because that would have been an incredible moment. What was um, promos about how much he hates Britain? Was that hate? hater? Or was it Storm? Probably, oh, probably, probably Storm, I would imagine. Maybe it's Tony Storm, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she's in she Australian. Is she Australian? Yes, yeah, Australian. Yeah. Uh, so that makes more sense. <laughs> that makes more sense. <laughs> Fuck you, Britain, even though I'm from you. <laughs> um, next up, oh my god, there were so many matches on this uh, pay per view. Um, coffee match Sting and Darby Allen versus First Strickland and Christian Cage. What are your thoughts on that one, Dad? Ouch, my back fucking hurts. <laughs> <laughs> That's that one spot, right? <laughs> I don't know how he got up and walked out of that ring. You, you don't know, you don't know pain until you've heard 80,000 people. All in unison, go Ooh, at the same, at exactly the same time, <laughs> uh, like Peter Griffin in Family Guy. When he- <laughs> exactly, it's exactly what it was like. Ah. Oh my god! Ah. Yeah, <laughs> that was um, quite horrific to watch. But uh, apart from that, I mean, um, apart from quite uh some some really loony move sets and and shit that those guys did it was uh it was pretty good i i i was sort of hoping strickland and cage would win because it feels like i don't know it, it i could be wrong on this again teach man you probably know better but if it, it feels like when when Sting and Derby team up, they always win. I can't remember a time where they've lost at a pay per view. Sting is invincible. Yeah, Sting. It's, Sting! it's like, I kind of like really like Strickland and Cage. They're they're two of the best heels at the moment, and um, they've been doing some great work. And I I don't know. I, I sort of thought, especially with the you know. If, Luchasaurus in the mix that they would have got the one, but you know, I it, not that I, I I don't love watching um, Derby, you know, get a win. So <laughs> choke himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolute absolute nutter. Yeah, he he is I, insane. I'd say one of my my favorite things in the whole of professional wrestling at the moment is Tony Schiavone 
announcing when Sting comes into the ring. <laughs> it's just, it's you. I, I, I don't know. You know, anyone listen to this? If you, if there was a definition of absolute unadulterated pleasure, <laughs> listen to Tony Giovanni announce when Sting comes into the ring, and you'll understand. It's just, this is beautiful to hear another man. Uh, show so much love for another man um, in in the wrestling community. It's it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, Just one thing to check. Sorry to interrupt. um, Sting didn't do the Joker Sting thing on this, did he? In terms of... His his, his face paint was the Joker Sting, but I, I don't think he did anything specifically... I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, so I, so this, it's a weird one because I, all I know of Sting is Sting in WCW, you know, Wolfpack, blah, 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 but I don't know anything about Joker Sting, so I don't know what his character was, what, like, what his mannerism was or any of that stuff, because was it all in TNA when he did that stuff? Um, I think he, I think it was WCW, but, um. Okay. No, I think it's Impact. Oh, was it Impact? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been around. Was it around the time when Batman came out? I guess. I assume. Uh, yeah. I mean, it seems to be heavily uh, influenced. Influenced by specifically that Joker. Yeah. yeah. By so, um, Joker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I know nothing of that stuff. So when they were like getting really excited about Joker's thing, I was like, uh, what? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think he only does it in he would only do it in like promos, you know, on the mic when he's in the ring with one other person. I don't he, I don't know how he would work it into a match. That was kind of what I was curious. Was that a comedy mallet? <laughs> Just hit it, starts hitting people. Where did you get those wonderful ties? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry about you, man. What do you think of this? Uh... It's, yes, it's uh, Sting, sixty-four years old, amazing, Mate, amazing. What, uh, he was—he looked great. He moved fantastic. Um, you know, a couple of gosh off the apron table spots um, that he put Strickland through the table. I couldn't believe it. Like he's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's amazing. It really, really is. I, um, you know what? Also, Ter- what annoys me about Sting is sorry. that this dude. Calm down. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Was. I, I just can't remember because I, I feel like I've watched so much wrestling in the last week. Was this the one where he 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 did he had to do the table spot twice because he yeah, fucked yeah. that was the one yeah oh no he didn't fuck it up the table went into business for itself and decided to not break <laughs> so then he just went fuck you table you and I are, are fucking doing some shit and unfortunately for Sir Strickland he just happened to be the yeah. meat and the sandwich so he got fucked. Apologies to interrupt. I was just trying to remember if that. <laughs> no, that, that definitely happened. Um, yeah, no, Sting I, I, annoys me because this motherfucker is sixty plus years old, and he's doing some shit that I can't do at forty-seven, which <laughs> really pisses me off. <laughs> it's really terrifying to think, mm. you know, if he's moving that well now, and I feel like shit right now, what am I going to feel like when I get to his age? Yeah. terrifying um yeah. but yes he is a medical marvel and to hop back to um uh you guys point so strickland i think is 
potentially one of the most underrated, and I, I, he is highly rated within AEW, but I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers, um, one of the most underrated active wrestlers right now. Um, this guy has got a ton of charisma. He's incredible in the ring. Um, he knows how to put a match together. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I would love to see him in, you know, further up the card. Um, I don't think it will happen, but yeah, I, I just rate Swerve so, so highly. And also, I'm going to, uh, pose a question to you guys. Is this the best Christian Cage we've seen ever? Well, hmm. I, um, I'm, I'm a bit conflicted with him in as much as he's had a very strange AEW career. I think when he initially joined, he has this really great promo. He was talking like a backstage promo with Dasha. Hmm. Um, it was pretty much one of his first promos there, if not his first. And he talks about, I'm the workhorse. You're going to have to outwork me. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of the best, you know, whatever, do it. And I'll bring out the best in you. And he had a fantastic opening few months. He beat Kenny Omega. He had a number of really high profile, really competitive, really wonderful matches. And I was really happy for him. I thought, brilliant. You know, he's doing amazing. But then he just became Jungle Boys and Luchasaurus's manager for months yeah. and I was like I where's was the workhorse injured, guy no it was before that he got injured right oh, at the sorry. worst timing when just as the rivalry began he then oh, got he injured it was the worst elbow. timing yeah. yeah but when I was kind of looking at him thinking well where's the workhorse guy you were you beat Kenny Omega for the impact championship and why aren't you wrestling anymore and he just seemed to become their their manager mm. and he's become heel and then he got, you know, the injury was just the worst timed injury ever. Mm. Um, and, you know, he came back. I mean, his his heel mic work is, oh, it's, it's brutal. incredible. It is, it's, yeah. it's really good. It's wonderful. But it's like, it's, you know. It's real close uh, to the bone, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's very close to the bone. It's, but it's kind of like, it's, it's easier if it, to if say the worst possible thing than it also, is to get a crowd riled up and hype with you. But, you know, it, it's it like Maxwell like, does it, doesn't he? Like, yeah. That's his whole gimmick. It feels like he's he's started a feud with the fathers of every young talent within AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I preferred when he initially joined with AEW, that version of him, I thought, this is... This is great. And it's great to have matches and moments like that because it's like saying to the other company, you know, for him in this case, it'll be like, look, I, I was still it. capable. I've yeah. still got it and I'm still capable and I can do it. And it, there's, it's more impressive to get people behind you than mm. it is to come out and say just the worst possible thing. That's yeah. easier to, to do that. I guess, but. I guess that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing, right? Like, is, uh, And I've heard this many times where, a lot of wrestlers say it's a lot easier to be a heel than it is to be a baby face. Mm. Um, and I, I get that as well, because if you're a heel, you just need to be a dick and it's really fucking easy to be a bit of a dick. If you're a baby face, you know, convincing people that you're legitimate, yeah. you're worth caring about, you're worth investing time in, you're worth giving a shit about. And, you know, and but you're not some cornball, you know, corporate, stooge that is being pushed to you know the top of the card or whatever it is that's a really difficult balance um yeah 
So, you know, the people that tend to get massively over as baby faces, oftentimes, ironically, start off as heels or are heels, and then they kind of turn the crowd organically and people suddenly find that they start to like them or whatever. Um, but I, 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 I kind of, I'm kind of liking this version of Christian Cage. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's, he's very um, cartoon villain, twirling the moustache kind of like <laughs> in, in a lot of his promos and the way he kind of does stuff. It, it feels like a really stereotypical archetype villain. Um, you know, with the whole turtlenecks and all that kind of stuff. There's something about that that, I don't know, it it appeals to the cheesy side of me where I just kind of go, oh, I know exactly what you're doing and you're doing it on purpose. Um, So, yeah, no, I I, I quite like that. I mean, you know, um, I think it's quite cool. Um, All right, moving on. Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay, the match nobody wanted. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of it, Mr. Collicott? Um, so I only caught highlights of this, so I felt <gasps> what? Well, to be honest with you, you you've you kind of stated why, right? I didn't want to see it, I was like, uh, I was really upset that Osprey wasn't fighting Omega and. As much as oh, I really do love Jericho, you know, he, he's he's an absolute le- living legend. But I found watching him maybe over the last year less and less sort of interesting. There's only so many, there's only so many times you can sing Judas in my mind, right? Well, <laughs> one of the great greatest songs, which I know you, you'll, you'll come on to that in a second, I'm sure. But <laughs> one of the greatest songs... And, uh, you know, I, I do love the guy, but I didn't want to watch this match. You know, I, I sped through just to the end. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's a bit weird. I, 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 all the Don Callis stuff is just annoying because he's he seems to have dicked over Kenny Omega without any consequence, like really badly. Now he's dicked over um, uh, Jericho without... Yeah any consequence and it's just like i i just don't really <clears throat> understand what's going on with the jericho you know the, the jericho appreciation society is no more it's him and sammy guerra guerra and they're going to turn on each other inevitably and and then you know the next feud's probably going to be them you know them fighting it's just mm. i don't know it's just not very interesting, and I, I really wanted to see uh, Will Ospreay in a, in a you know in a better match. Really, Blowing match. Yeah. Anyway, I am um, sorry before we jump to you and ran very quickly to skirt back to the uh, multi-man match with uh, Omega Hangman Nibushi, um, Guns Dude Golden Elite uh, Bullet Club Gold. Sorry. And um, and Takeshita, and <laughs> Takeshita comes out for his entrance with Don Callis, and Don Callis has obviously got this gimmick now where people just boo the fuck out of him the moment he arrives. And um, Takeshita comes out, and it was the weirdest thing because 
up until this point, I don't think Takesh has had a theme tune, like music or anything like that. Um, but they come out and it was literally just this drone that came over the speakers. It wasn't like music or anything like that. It was just this um, kind of hum drone, like, I don't, I can't even explain it, but it was the mo- it was the greatest thing that would fit uh, a wrestler gimmick slash whatever you want to call it that I think I've ever seen because it was it was so appropriate for that character and and what he represents and his manager and the whole bit and it was just this droning hum that just pissed people off and was just like oh. Fuck you, motherfucker! Fuck off! It just, it just, it just made you feel that within your soul, and it was, it was just genius. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that one in there, which I totally forgot to throw in earlier. But uh, Imran, what did you think of Jericho versus Will Osprey? Um, well, bell to bell, I I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was a really, really good match. Um. I, there was a promo just before, the week before on uh, Dynamite, um, which I thought gave a brilliant context to a match that had no context. Well, and, the uh, promo where Osprey says above like yes. thirty five thousand times. Yeah, but yeah, that one. But it was it provide. I thought it was an it's excellent great promo. Though. It yeah. was a great promo, and it really made me invested in in yeah, in the so, match. Like I said, it gave great sort of logical uh, meaning to to actual stakes um the my only gripe about it is it just it didn't make sense in that you had to know i mean you've you've made quite clear lines at this point jericho is the face uh don Callis, he's our villain and he's recruiting osprey for this match now you had to know osprey was going to get completely beloved by a uk crowd so the the role was switched Instantly in this match, you get the, you know, Joker mm. comes out to a great uh, ovation and great. Everyone does the song and it's amazing. And God bless mm. you for sending that video. It gives me endless joy <laughs> to watch you, Rich Ross and Rich Icono, just having the best time and singing. It. It's so much fun. Oh, good and, time, uh, so. I was so happy for you guys. Yeah, I, I just say I was so happy for you guys. Um, but it, it, as, a, as a thing, it didn't, as a match, it ceased to make sense when the roles became reversed instantly through no logical storytelling just because of where they were. And it should have been something that they knew would happen. So you've painted, we have a good guy, we have a bad guy, but you know, it's going to switch as soon as the bell rings, which it did. So it all fell apart in a weird way. And I didn't really understand the booking anymore. Like they provided context with that amazing promo, but then it just sort of flew out the window um, as soon as the match mm. happened. But ultimately, I thought the match was great. And I think the ma- everyone knew the match was going to be good. I think if you watch it, Dan, mm. I'm sure you'll say, okay, mm. that's not the match I wanted, but I can't dispute that that's a really good match. Um, but any- and I think that's what it comes down to. Like, it-, it was a very, very good match, but Osprey probably deserved something a little mm. more. Well, so, I don't know how to conclude that sentence. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so... Yeah, and this is this is exactly why I wanted to do this to kind of get the perspective of someone watching from a pay per view to someone watching a live event, and and this isn't something that we get to do you know, at all, essentially, because WWE comes over once in a blue moon, and this is the only time AEW has come over. So, but it's you know, hold on, 
start from the beginning. Obviously, um, Jericho playing Judas in my mind live with Fozzy was absolutely fucking incredible. Um, me and the boys sang our asses off. I got a video of it. I'm not going to post that on the website because my singing is awful. Um, <laughs> I've already sent it, so we are going to post it on the website. <laughs> um, but just kind of, there, there was this surreal kind of out of body moment where I've been watching AEW since day one and watching crowds sing Judas in my mind and the whole bit from day one and seeing that and then being in that moment and sharing it with friends and 80,000 people singing their asses off is one is something that I hope please God don't let me get fucking dementia or some bullshit but I hope is something that is going to live in my brain forever because it was even as I'm talking about it now, I'm getting goosebumps and um, I'm glad that I got to experience that moment. Uh, um, so that's number one. Um, number two, Will Ospreay's entrance was fucking incredible and the best entrance of anything I've ever seen ever. It was just, and it, and it was a combination of the music was incredible. The presentation was insane. You know, obviously British lad as well. Like everyone was just, just into that, uh, into that moment. Um, and it was, again, just recounting it and talking about it now. Goosebumps. Just, I watched it again um, a couple of days ago on, uh, on fight. And, the moment I started watching it and started hearing that music going and just the memories going and, ah, oh, goosebumps. So, so, so good. So presentation of the, the two of them, uh, you know, going into this fight was insane. Match itself was great. Jericho, I was in, impressed with how well Jericho stayed with Osprey. Bearing in mind Jericho's like, what, 40... Five now, maybe. No, 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 no. He's fifties, dude. He's like fifty-two or something. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah. yeah. So this dude's in his fifties, and he's going with a Will Osprey, um, and kept up with him. At no point did he look out of place in that match. So huge, huge credit to him for that. Um, Would I prefer to see Osprey versus Kenny Omega? Fuck yeah, hundred percent. Would have preferred to see that. But I think the the promo that they did. And on Dynamite before All In really did a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of getting me excited for this match because it was a really great promo battle between the two of them. Um, so, yeah, in conclusion, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would because I thought I was just going to sit there with my arms crossed, pissed that it wasn't Kenny Omega fighting him. But um, but no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, to back up both of you guys' points, it's like, uh, it was really, really good, but it felt like it could have been so much better had it been a Kenny Omega. I don't know. You know. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, just my take on it. Um, oh, Lord. Right. Trios Championship, the acclaimed versus, and Billy Gunn versus the House of Black. Go, Imran. Acclaimed. Do don't get him. I don't get why everyone loves him. I just don't get him. Whoa, I don't know what scissoring is. I have no idea why Billy Gunn is with him. Don't whoa, get whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Imran. 
Everybody loves the acclaimed. I know. Don't get it. I just, I honestly just don't, I don't, I, I mean, sometimes the raps are a bit funny and a bit harsh, um, but I don't get the scissoring Didn't he have thing. a line I about don't Prince get Andrew why they're with one, Billy. Yeah. They were? Yes, they did, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, was, that was harsh. Um, I don't get why they're with Billy Gunn. I just don't get why they're so popular. I'm very happy for them. Very, very happy. I'd never be mad at like anyone who, like uh, someone rising through the ranks. I'm very just happy not, for them. Just, just don't not, get it. Just not tickling your nipples. Okay. Um, Dan. Uh, word for word, that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of this one? Um, I don't feel that strongly about them. <laughs> no, I don't. No, no. I just want to say I didn't say hate them. I said I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't get why they're so popular. I didn't just say I hate them. Nothing. That... Im- everyone in no, hates no, the acclaimed. No. 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 I'm just saying I don't get it. That's all I've said. I believe you just said that. Uh, just no, pre- I did... pretty much he hates the acclaimed. I mean, yeah. wait. You know, just I saying. didn't. so i was a bit surprised that um the house of black lost this one because uh they they've it's been that they were kind of a, a little bit languishing poorly managed by creative for a long time um it it looked at one point that um malachi in fact i think at one point looked like they were all going to leave and then they kind of booked yeah. them better. They get, they got the titles, and they've looked really good of late. So I was a little bit surprised, but I think the other issue is the whole, you know, Billy Gunn retiring storyline, and 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 then kind of coming back. And it's like, well, what you know, is he or isn't he? Is he is he is he going to be, you know, because before he was. He wasn't, he didn't, he was a bit like Sting. He didn't really <laughs> wrestle hang on, ever. Hang on, hang on. Go on, go on, go on. Sting. <laughs> Sounds like the air out of a big balloon. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe edit that bit out. <laughs> it didn't quite work. I'm not, I'm no, not It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. It? Um, but yeah, I, I kind of he he wasn't wrestling it week in week out. He was sort of hmm. almost more like a mentor uh, yeah. than, than the rest. But now I kind of feel like okay, so they now they've now got the trios titles. So he's gone from retiring, which again, I, I get it. It's probably a work. It was part of the story. But now he's going to have to wrestle um, <laughs> every every week because they 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 usually defend those titles. Um, weekly, so yeah, yeah, I I don't know. Um, it, it felt like um, you know, Castor and Bowen's got quite overexposed over a short period of time. They were they were like one of the main draws, um, and you know, kind of deserved it. They're kind of fun. I'm not. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan, but there's there's they've had their moments, and I, I kind of thought, okay, they 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 calmed down a bit, and they're 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 sort of you know, taking them away, taking them out of the spotlight because I, I think they they've gone a bit too long with it, and now they've just gone all in on them again. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I I I kind of with him, man. I I I don't get why they think they should be the the trios titles right now. But it was it was a good match. Um, you know, mostly it was a good match. Um, I don't think their styles sometimes didn't really 
mix that well. Um, yeah. um, I don't think the, the chemistry was was brilliant, um, but you know it had its it had its moments. But yeah, uh, I didn't expect that result. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree. And uh, interestingly, the acclaimed were a bit of a weird one because they are. I I think they're actually way more over than AEW expected them to be. Um, And they, I I feel like they're at a bit of a loss of, you've got these guys that are super over and like pop the crowd every time they come out, sell a shitload of merch. But we don't want to put them in the tag team picture at the moment because FTR are champions and we're trying to make this title run super credible and we've got them against the Bucks, and then we'll have them against someone else, and yada, yada, yada. But we've got these guys that are really, really hot. What the fuck do we do with them? So somehow they managed to get into the trios thing. And to your point, it's like, well, okay, we've now put the trios belts in them, but you know you have to defend these quite regularly. And you've got Billy Gunn, who's you know a good 76 years old. So how is that going to work going forward? So, um, yeah, I don't know. I like the acclaimed. I actually think, um, not Max Castor, who's the other one? Uh, uh, Bowens? Is that right? Yeah. 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 Bowens, I think, is a. Max Castor's all right. I think Bowens is a really, really good worker. Um, I've seen him in like singles matches and, and that sort of stuff. I, I think he's really, really excellent. Uh, uh, a really excellent wrestler. Um, and I think he does a lot of the heavy lifting for that team in the ring. Obviously, Max Caster does a lot of the rapping and all that kind of stuff, which is obviously a big part of what they're known for. Um, and Daddy Ass brings the ass, I guess. I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't mind them. I, I, unlike you guys, I get them. In terms of, I get why they're popular because, to a certain extent, there's something different, and the rap thing is a huge part of that. Um, and you know, I think I think it's just it's just something different from the rest of the tag team division type scenario. Um, like you guys, though, I didn't expect them to win. Well, sorry, that's a lie. I did expect them to win because they had this whole storyline where, you know. Billy Gunn retired and he came back specifically for this match. It'd be a pretty shitty show to go, oh, hey, we've got this whole thing where he quit and now he's coming back and, oh, wait, you just got your ass kicked, see you later, bye. Um, that wouldn't have flown, I think. So they did that as a feel-good moment, but I'm, but it's one of those ones where you kind of go, okay, well, now what do you do? So, um, and also, now what do you do with House of Black? Do you have two of them go for tag team titles. Do you have Malachi Black go for a singles title? Like, I'd hate to see House of Black get wasted because I think they're a really good faction in terms of their skill set and their presentation and a whole bit. Um, But either you do a judgment day and you kind of go, right, fuck it, we're just going to go all the way with them. We're going to put titles on them. We're going to give them major credibility. Or... You, uh, I don't know, maybe you break them up. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, that's that. Um, and finally, 
that you never thought you'd get here. Um, the AEW World Championship, Adam Cole, baby, versus M to the J to the F. What did you think of this one, Mr. Colocott? So uh, I I love this one, um, mainly because everyone was expecting either Cole to turn heel on MGF, and even yeah. more more people were expecting MGF to the inevitable heel turn. And the fact that they they managed to I I, I would have loved to have seen this live. This this would have just been I'm not saying. There were there were plenty of awesome matches, which it would have been so good to see them in person. But for this one, for all the kind of storytelling and the back and forth and the teasing of of you know the the heel turn and you know everything that happened with Roderick Strong, it it was it was played to perfection. And and the, you know the fact that they they came away still being like this incredible friendship and. Uh, and and Max being, you know, still face. I I thought it was brilliant. It 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 really worked. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was. I I don't think the match was perhaps as good as the storytelling in the match. Um, but it was yeah, it, it was hella fun. And I and yeah, I, I was so envious that that you know, you and the riches uh, with Sean and and I think. Um, Shane as well, all got to see this one in person. Yeah, I... Um, <laughs> it's funny, like, I... Ahead of the match, or maybe when the match started, uh, I think I made a comment to to one of the riches and, and was like, I swear to God, if they don't turn one of these two motherfuckers, this whole place is going to riot. 80,000 people are just going to fucking rush the ring and just go absolutely batshit crazy if one of these fuckers don't turn. And they they played it, like, so, so well in that you had... I I defy anyone to tell me that they had any idea which one of them they thought was going to turn ahead of the start of this match because they got the ba- that balance so right of, you know, MGF being the classic heel and he's always been an absolute twat and always turned on people. And But then they, they, they laced enough hints and little things with Adam Cole that you kind of thought, oh, shit, <clears throat> are they going to try and, like, double bluff us and Cole's going to be the one that fucks him and then MJF's going to be a baby face? Because that's the way I thought it was going to be. I thought Adam Cole was going to be the one to turn MJF be a huge baby face. MJ, I, I thought MJF, uh, sorry, I thought Adam Cole was going to win <clears throat> through some sort of shenanigans and steal the belt from MJF and MJF was going to be a be the baby face chasing to get the belt back. Um, and I, I genuinely had the idea of if there's no turn by either one of them, I'm going to be so fucking pissed off. <clears throat> um, and then they did what they did. And by the end of it, I was like, this is the most amazing storyline that ever existed in the history of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, they, they, they played it so well. And, uh, somehow managed to not turn anyone, keep everyone guessing, keep the friendship, which has been the most over thing in the entire company going somehow, and did it all in the most elegant, non-forced, what felt like the most organic way. I mean, 
every single person in that crowd lived and died with every um, um, uh, pin count that uh, occurred. All of the stuff that happened towards the end of that match was just, uh, it was just chef's kiss, like the whole bit, uh, A plus, five stars, whatever you want to call it. It was so expertly done. And um, yeah, just incredible storytelling. Um, so, so, so good. I, I can't gush enough about this match enough. Um, I, but I will, and I will stop. So Imran can say his piece. I did not enjoy this match. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Sorry, sorry, I didn't breathe. Okay. Yeah. Explain, explain I did not enjoy this match. Me. Basically, for every reason you've both given, everything you loved about it, I did not like about it. Um, <laughs> I, it wasn't, it was too, it was like the most overtly planned there was more story than wrestling it was oh he's gonna shake his hand no he's not he's gonna tombstone him no we can't do it he's got the ring no we can't do it roddy i'm your best friend no you're my best friend i'm your best friend no he's my best it was it was stupid i i didn't i didn't enjoy it um it was just a bit much it was it was just like you know give me five more minutes you know they have that what stupid referee counts all four <laughs> shoulders down it was such a stupid and and realistically the i the, the best storyline in the history of wrestling was when they would team up and say double clothesline and fail every week at the most simplest move. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. But, but do you not also that love the fact that they? Match, do you not also love yeah, the fact that they won stupid. the titles with the stupidest oh, yeah, move yeah. in history? Of that is that is hilarious. That is so funny. But the idea that in this match they both point at each other, say double clothesline, and then run into a double clothesline is ridiculous. <laughs> and it was just a stupid, stupid spot. And then again, what stupid referee? He should be fired. Like, how do you all four shoulders are down? One, two, three. It's a draw. It's like, what? That was the dumbest thing. And then he goes, I want five more minutes. It was just plot point. It was a script. It was an absolute, like, you have key points in matches. I hated everything about this match. I didn't enjoy it. But the one thing I will say is I did go into it with a level of intrigue about the turn. And I was convinced it was going to be Max because he always does it and he's and that's kind of the joy of him for me he made you believe he was friends with Cody Rhodes and he looked up to Cody Rhodes and then he turns on him and whips him 10 10 lashes lashings of the belt mm. you know in the he and he elevates himself every effing time he made everyone think he was a part of the inner circle and that he was, you know, Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler. He's my hero. And then he leaves them laying in a pool of just carnage when he creates the pinnacle and just decimates them. You know, even he does the sing song with Jericho a few weeks prior. <laughs> he he lowers everyone's guard and then he elevates himself to another level. He portrayed himself as the the fan of CM Punk. That he was bullied as a kid, and they threw coins at him and said rude, racist names about his culture. And then Punk stupidly walks out with the whitest T-shirt in the world, and then gets it covered in blood because MJF again masterfully goes up again. Every time he does it, he grabs a mic to booze and says, "I'm the devil." How have you not figured this out yet? And I thought he's going to do it again to Cole. And no, and, and the thing is, people love him so much. No one's almost no one sees it coming. 
And I thought he's going to come out next week and just say, I'm the devil. How do you not get this yet? Why would I have a best friend? So I was hoping it would be him just, and you know what, to be honest, I still think it's, that's I, thought it was I still going, think one of them. Yeah. To be honest. And that's what he does every time. And he does it so well. He sucks you in every effing time. And it's brilliant. Couldn't do it again. It's brilliant. They had to do something but, different. They had to. Well, in fairness, I don't think it's over. I think he, no one's turned on each other dot, dot, dot yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I, I think it's coming. It's, it is coming. But it's just in terms of in that moment, it hasn't come yet. But ultimately, I did not enjoy the match. It was like... <laughs> They just plan 10 I, weird pieces and then just put, we just do some moves in between those pieces I, and then that's their match. And I didn't like it. Can I, ju- can I just say, um, we are witnessing a historic moment. This is like, uh, <laughs> who, who, who in WWE would you say is a career baby face? Oh, John Cena. This is right. like John Cena turning heel. Uh, Imran uh, Mirza I, has just turned heel. <laughs> on uh, no, on haven't. everything oh. quite frankly i mean i've not heard a single person say a bad word against this match uh, the, the, the website i'm looking at right now did a grade a on this match uh dave Meltzer They're himself wrong. gave this match <laughs> a uh, 18 stars out of five and imran mirza has uh is literally the only person on a planet of you know billions of people that have watched this match uh, to uh, say that this match was absolute dog shit. I did and, not say uh, that. I feel like shh, I feel like um, uh, this is this, <laughs> this is a heel turn <laughs> that is <laughs> that is the on a level thing you've done in this episode. that no one has ever comprehended before, and I'm I'm I. I feel like you just did a heel turn on me, quite frankly. I, that's how much this, this, this hurts. Can I just say, Dan just texted me privately to say he hasn't seen this match. <laughs> <laughs> he said he saw 30 second highlights. <laughs> he, just, he just read the highlights on the, on, yeah. on the wrestling side. <laughs> oh, he just texted me again. He says, speak your truth, homie. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> But no, I, I have to say it's 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 really fascinating to to hear your viewpoint on it, and like everything you say is one hundred percent valid, and and it, I and I I, I jest. I'm sure there were people out there who who didn't like the match as well. I think the vast majority of people did like enjoy the match, <clears throat> but it is fascinating to hear. Um, because everything you say there is just like, do you know what? You've got a point in everything that you've said because it's the antithesis of, of what myself and Dan have said about the match. Um, in terms of, you know, it feeling very contrived, um, it feeling like everything was done very much on a script. Um, there, there was definitely, especially when it comes to, um, you know, I, the, the way I saw it was, in my mind, MJF, turning heel would have been what they'd done the previous 15 times he's had like a major feud. Um, So to my mind, it was like, okay, Adam Cole turning would be an interesting twist on the whole plot. And, you know, you have MJF, who's now a baby face uh, up against a diabolical MJF. I, I was actually thinking as deep as, you know, the whole thing with Roderick Strong was a 
a bluff or whatever you want to call it. And Adam Cole was going to, you know, turn on him, turn on, sorry, turn on MJF, take the belt off him through some nefarious, and even set all that up during the match as well. Really came out and, you know, tossed the belt into the ring and said, you know, smash him in the head and kicked MJF in the nuts and tried to help MJF, uh, tried to help our, um, Adam Cole. Um, See, I think that's all you match. needed. Yeah, I think uh, you just have a 20 or 5-ish whatever minute match. Roderick yeah. comes out and Cole's like, no, like I'm not doing that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't think you needed all the other narrative points that you that they put in yeah. to, to kind of reinforce the friendship throughout the whole match. Like at 10 different points, I didn't think you needed it. So I I, I think the way, the way I come at it from is that because I expected either a A or B solution and I couldn't in my, in the wildest dreams see a C solution. And the fact that they found a C solution and managed to make it again for me, managed to make it work logically. Um, that kind that really blew me away. But then it also, mm. I kind of look at it and go, but there's still avenue for them to still go back to A and B down the road, you know, you can still have Adam Cole turn on him. You can still have MGF turn on um, Adam Cole at some point. You, 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 it stretches this thing out. And I I still, I I think it was, I think a lot of why they decided to do what they decided to do was more a business decision, which might actually turn out to be a bad thing as we go along because they're making bank with the merch and everything that they're selling with the, um, the MJF and Adam Cole stuff, and they're the, the biggest draws in the company at the moment. And with all this shit that's gone on with CM Punk, you need draws. You need a positive thing for the company that isn't just oh someone's causing drama or some bullshit's happening. This is the only reason why we give a shit about you. Like these two guys are the biggest draw in the company at the moment and they are the biggest attraction. They are the, the biggest thing that people are talking about outside of CM Punk. So the fact that they decided to drag it out a little bit longer or keep it going a bit longer um, and did it in, again, in my opinion, uh, a way that worked um, mm. was very smart by TK um, well, and also, I, and also just... needed as well, I think. Yeah, I just want to say I I'm not in any way bemoaning for sure, like yeah, the yeah. finish no, or, no, no. Yeah. or or you know like I um, I don't mean to imply that someone should yeah. have. I'm just saying I thought it was yeah. going to happen. Obviously, everyone yeah, yeah, thought yeah, yeah. it would happen. So the fact that it, they're keeping it going, yeah, sure. That that I don't have any problem with that. It's just as a as a planned out booked match to me. Uh, it it just uh, yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't enjoy it. But yeah, no problem with it. Keep sort of continuing. I, I think it's yeah. it'll be interesting to know. Continues I do hope for Cole's and, sake. Yeah. For Cole's sake, I do hope he ends up with a belt at some point. I, I, I've yeah, adored his work same. in NXT, and um, yeah, he, he totally deserves it. He's amazing. Yeah, it seems not very AEW-like to be quite patient with the storyline to actually allow it to grow and build a bit longer because I feel like, you know, you look at the Bloodline stuff, that yeah. probably, that definitely went on too long. But Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it feels like um, AW and it's still going, by the way. Well, and it's still going, but AW Creative tend to pull the trigger very quickly. Things uh, storylines don't last that long. I mean, aside from trios matches, which go on, you know, for about <laughs> six months. But 
that aside, if, if you're talking about actual creative storytelling and kind of, you know, that side of things, AEW tend to be quite weak on that front, comparing, mm. you know, in comparison to WWE. So it's quite nice to see them build on something. And I, and I really hope that they don't, you know, they don't just uh, pull the trigger and go with Cole, you know, turning heel or MGF turning heel. If they can actually build a few more levels into this and really, you know, I, I don't want them to milk it, I, not too much, but if they can find a way. Finding that balance, right? Yeah, exactly. Like hitting, hitting that sweet spot of satisfying people when it does happen, but not dragging it out so long that people are like, oh, fuck's sake, let's just get this thing over with. Well, exactly. Yeah. They've, they've obviously, they've put the titles, you know, they've put the uh, Ring of Honor tag team titles mm-hmm. on. So I feel like, okay, you know, there's a lot of speculation that that's going to turn over quickly and that they're, they're going to drop them um, yeah. soon. But I hope they don't because it feels like that's a good, that's an interesting dynamic to keep going. Um, and I yeah. really hope now that they, they've, they've, they've kind of, you know, they've, you know, put all their eggs in this basket. I really hope that they, you know, don't don't take the cheap way out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's it. That was that was the main event. Um. And so, uh, cheap way out. <laughs> I, I won't uh, regale everyone of, of of the tale of me trying to get home uh, along with eighty thousand people onto one tube train. Ooh. Um that that that's yeah. quite 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 hard. Um uh other things of note of that weekend, I went to a QA session with uh Wrestling Observers uh Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez and um that was a lot of fun. Um I met some other wrestling geeks uh there and it was weird because I kind of went by myself <clears throat> and um just and I don't know why this sounds weird or why it feels weird, but I just got talking to other people there who, funnily enough, were there for the same thing I was because we're all wrestling nerds and, you know, like the same stuff. Um, but, yeah, wrestling nerds are uh, cool, uh, fun to chat to. And uh, it was really interesting. Uh, Brian and Dave were uh, very chatty, uh, very friendly, um, and just a couple of blokes that like the same stuff that we like. Um, and I got to ask a question. Uh, my question was, uh, who do you think is going to be a breakout star for 2024 in AEW? And Dave kind of hummed and hard for a little bit and, uh, then got saved by someone in the audience who shouted out, oh, a few people shouted out, like Will Ospreay, Jay White, um, Ricky Starks, uh, got shouted out. And I, I think, my question got a bit misconstrued because I, I, my question was more about a young talent coming through. So like Nick Wayne or Jack Perry or a hook, like who did they think of that ilk was going to come through? But interestingly, um, you know, Osprey's contract is coming up. Um, I think this year or his contract with New Japan is coming up, is ending this year. So he may well be signing with AEW. So it'd be interesting to see if they try and go ahead and get him signed, especially in light of CM Punk getting fired. You know, they're going to need as much big talent as possible. So 
so yeah, it was a good good morning. Um, the organisation of the event was uh, a little bit to be desired, um, but yeah, it was it was all right. Were there any questions that someone asked where you thought, huh, amateur? <clears throat> um, no, actually, all the questions were like really solid. A lot of the questions were like, oh, oh shit, wow. I wish I'd have thought of that. Um, <laughs> there were no, there were, there wasn't a single shit question where I was like, eh, fuck out of here with that. Um, yeah, there were some really like proper hardcore geek questions where I was a bit like, god damn, I feel like I'm a bit out of my depth. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was good natured. Again, the, ven- the venue had actually got switched from somewhere smaller. And this one was like rammed as, as fuck. Um, I uh, got my picture with Dave and uh, Brian, which is cool. Yes, you did. They're, yeah. they're both very little men. So I towered above them both. <laughs> Although Dave Meltzer, who's like in his 60s, this dude is fucking jacked, man. I was like, God damn, I'm not going to get in a fight with you because he was just like, <sighs> so, um, so yeah. But um, yeah, no, they're, they're both very, very cool. Um, and I'm glad, to got, glad I got to do it. It's very cool. Amazing. What, what were some of your favourite questions and answers from the... From I don't the fucking house? know, dude. It was like last weekend. I don't know what happened yesterday, let alone last weekend. Um, <laughs> no, there were, there were a lot of questions around... Um, kind of the, the focused more around uh, the future of AEW, um, which, was in, which was interesting, I guess, because... Uh, it's a weird thing, right? Because WWE, in terms of ratings and perception, it kind of feels like they're on a little bit of a rise at the moment, especially, you know, the Bloodline storyline's done really well. Um, you know, got a TV deal and, you know, the, the ratings are doing doing really well, that sort of thing. And AEW are kind of coasting around kind of fair to middling. They're not, they're not growing, but they're not, losing too much traction um coming off the back of a period when they were growing really really fast so a lot of the questions seemingly were based around you know future of aw state of the roster um there, there was one question about cm punks and his attitude um which you know in hindsight actually turned out to be um Appreciate, but um, but yeah, um, most questions kind of focused around the future of AW and what, uh, how they think that the business is going to go. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, did, did you get backstage access by pretending to be Titus O'Neil? Oh. I really wish I'd have done that. Um, <laughs> I um, and now you mention it, damn it, I should have done that shit. Fuck. <laughs> um, no, I, although ironically, when I got to the all-in event, um, not ironically, that's the wrong word, but um, I, I bumped into a friend of mine, um, shout out Mark Story, um, if you listen to this. He um, he had uh, ringside seats, um, fourth row um, which is just insane to me. I can't even imagine how much money he spent on those. And I bumped into him uh, in the epic merch queue, which um, apparently Rich and uh, Dipesh, uh, Rich's mate, they got there quite early and they were sat in that queue for a couple of hours. 
and wow. uh, yeah, like the queue was just insane. I, I when I got there, it was uh, maybe about four o'clock ish, and I was I joined them in the queue, and it was still a forty five minute wait from when I got joined to us getting to the concession to to the merch stand. Um, but as I rocked wow. up. I saw one of the merch queues and I was just looking for depression and, and I randomly just saw my mate Mark it's in the queue. And I was like, oh yeah, how you doing? And I, at this point I knew he had like incredible seats ringside. And, uh, and he was <laughs> the most real, surreal thing. He turns around to me and goes, we're looking at the merch stand. And I was like, oh, you're pretty close. What are you going to get? He was like, oh, um, yeah, do you reckon I should get that uh, replica AEW belt? Bearing in mind, the replica AEW belt on the stand was £850. Whoa! And I was like, and he's there with his with his uh, partner. And I looked at him, I looked at her, and I was like, I don't know what to say in this situation because are you looking to me for affirmation or is your girlfriend slash partner going to beat me up because I'm suggesting that you spend 850 pounds on a piece of plastic, more plastic, but like, I was like, I don't know how to answer this question. So I just went, yeah, 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 go and get it. It's fine. Um, thinking, oh, it's just a joke. And then on Facebook about oh, a couple of hours God, later, there's no. a picture of him in the front row with this fucking replica belt. I was just like, mate, you're an absolute wrestling baller. Fair play to you. Oh, damn. Um, so all <laughs> Depeche mode. No, <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah. The whole the whole day it was, it was just it was just really cool getting to do the Q and A thing and going to this like just incredible event with so many. I like, uh, yeah. I I mean, I've been to foot you know matches at Wembley Stadium and and whatnot, but just kind of being part of something that is so different from anything else in the UK uh, as a wrestler, you know, being a wrestling fan, um, chatting to people at, at the Q&A, people talking about PWG and um, all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it really just kind of brought home um, how much I love this weird pastime that we have that we have um yeah it was it was it was a really really cool day that i, I think i'm gonna not that i think i know i'm gonna uh, cherish for the rest of my life so yeah. or, or until next year are you going to get tickets for 2024 so uh no um, because next year is burning man year so um i'm gonna be on this weird rotation of I mean, according to Tony, he wants to do all in every year. So I'm going to be in this weird rotation of the year I'm not going to all in is the year I go to Burning Man, and the year I don't go to Burning Man is the year I go to all in. So <laughs> it's going to be this weird uh, kind of uh, rotation type scenario because Burning Man is on the same exact same week that all in is on. So I'm not salty about that at all, Tony Khan. It's fine. You don't have to adjust your schedule just to accommodate me. Cheers. I feel like he would have, but you've said it now, so he won't. <laughs> That's very magnanimous of you, 
Have they uh, declared for Wembley as well every year, next year? Sta- yeah, at Wembley Stadium. They're going for it again. <sighs> which which blows my mind because that was one of the uh, alternate questions I had for the Q&A. I was, was going to ask them, and I think I'd asked it amongst um, uh, Rich and Depeche and a lot. Like, what does Tony do to follow this? It's like, do you really think you're going to hit 80,000 people again? Because if you don't, there's going to be a, oh, you've not yeah. hit the city, you know, you've got less people than you did last time. But at the same time, if it's the one thing they do over here each year, maybe, you know, all those people that didn't go last time will go this time. <clears throat> Conversely, are there going to be a bunch of people that are like, eh, I've already done that now. I don't need to do that again. It's a, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tricky one. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see how we go. What about you guys? Do you think you might try and pony up for it this next time? I don't know. It was more than I was prepared to spend. To be honest, yeah. it was. Um, I don't. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. And to be honest, I <clears throat> I only wanted to. I was only prepared to spend that one because the timing was just really fortunate in that I got my work bonus just as tickets got announced mm. but also at the time when i did it it was very much hey um, in my mindset was oh this is the only time i'm going to do this or this is the only time i'm going to do this to this scale um because i was yeah. thinking oh they'll do wembley stadium for the first one and then next time they might do like i don't know craven cottage you know fulham stadium twenty thousand, thirty thousand. um that yeah. was my mindset but for you know for the they're going back to Wembley Stadium again. So it's like, well, are they going to do this again in two years' time? Are we going to want to go back? Is it going to be the same? Are we going to ruin the whole thought of it? I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. Yeah. Well, amazing. Well, I'm thrilled for your day. It sounds like you had an amazing experience. So, uh, yeah, I'm genuinely very happy for you. It's very cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think we've uh, covered uh, the entirety of all in um thank you for joining us on this wrestling journey um and uh yeah i guess we will uh speak to you next time thank you very much gentlemen for your input um would you like to bid uh, our audience adieu good night (laughs) (laughs) cheers take it easy bye-bye